Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Nick. And you know, this week we're going to kind of jump back to one of our topics we had before, which is, you know, IoT or, you know, Internet of Everything was the name of the episode I think we did it. Um, and, you know, we're going to go back to that, but we're going to look at the technology that makes up that, you know, and I, I think we may, you know, reminisce a little bit about some, some older times, but, you know, at least just to keep, you know, people thinking, but, you know, it's, it's more or less talking about, you know, where we are, where we're going and how we've gotten there, you know, and then, you know, taking all of that, wrapping into how are we going to deal with, you know, industry 4.0, you know, as this thing still builds ahead of steam and is like going to sucker punch the manufacturing industry, like with an evil right hand, because it's going to get expensive. It's going to get expensive quick. However, if you know how to, you know, circumnavigate that, it really isn't all that bad. You know, if you think about it, we've been doing industry 4.0 before industry 4.0 was a thing. We've been doing IOT before what IOT was a thing. Yeah, a lot of the times it's that upfront equipment cost that most people don't really want to kind of foot. Yeah. Because you get, I mean, a, a normal sensor doesn't cost as much as a smart sensor would be. Mm-hmm. So you got a chip in there you're adding, it it increases the money, the cost of it. And and a lot of project leads, a lot of, you know, the industrial like departments don't want to spend that money. They yeah, want they no want the cheap. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, you can go into any business, any industry right now, and you could look at their systems, and there's going to be at least one or two systems that are a decade old or more, right? Yeah, if not further, yeah. If not further. And the reason is, is because it worked, not because it could be better, because it works right now, and then they probably mm-hmm. use it in, in unison with, with some other, you know type of application like that that, that, that is a bit smarter but yeah I mean that's what I see if, if, if you think about you think about all the things that um, on, a, on a household level that's internet of things like I when I worked at Best Buy they had a whole Vivint set up a whole smart mm-hmm. home station with that with, with I'm going to tell you one thing about Vivint real quick yeah. Vivint is a, a you know they, they sell their um, smart switches I believe it's Vivint yeah. they still sell their smart switches through through um, um, uh, Best Buy, they're the forty two hundreds on Amazon. They sell the forty two tens. Forty two tens are for three way poles, right? They are some of the cheapest but most reliable freaking smart switches you'll ever buy. Yeah. Like I'm running the GE ones in the house right now, and the damn things die every time we get a power outage. You know, I'm happy if half my lights work after a power outage happens. Yeah, I have people running Vivens, and they're like, "Yeah, we have no issues." Yeah. Yeah, I heard good things, especially. I mean, when they when they brought in that station and made it like specifically Vivent at Best Buy, and they set yeah. up a smart door and they set up smart everything, and showed people like, this isn't, you know, the Jetsons. Like this is this could be in your house like right now. Like think about it, your ring doorbell. Like that was the Vivent has their own doorbell. 
And you take that same idea, maybe without a camera, right? And you add, let's say, an RFID reader mm -hmm. on that. So you're pressing a button or you have a key, key fob, some type, that has a scanner. That's how I was getting into, uh, that's how my 24-hour gym works. In Well, it did in Boston. It was a, a key reader like that. Mm -hmm. And then you think about industrializing that, like, uh, what? IDF cabinets. It's yeah. security. It's it's literally you're locking off rooms to certain people. Mm -hmm. um, and you can not only lock off those rooms, you can track the usage of that room. Yeah, who went in. Yeah, who, when, what happened. Like, uh, if there was an incident, you can say, hey, these are the four people in that room mm -hmm. during this time. And or at least these are the four people that scanned their badge. Um, if one of y'all is missing a badge, it's a problem. <laughs> and, you know, that's yeah. not even talking about freaking, like, the whole body manipulation people. The body tech yeah. guys. I was watching something the other day, freaking crazy. This girl has a an RFID tag embedded in like the fatty part of her hand between her thumb and her freaking forefinger. And so when she so what she does is she'll flex her hand and walk up to her door and open the, and unlock her door in the front of her house. The only joke that I had after that point is God forbid you move. Yeah, don't move. You, you gotta know, get that out. <laughs> or if you go to a car accident, you misplace your key. Bring your lock with you. <laughs> well, what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. that sounds uh, dangerous. So follow up on what John said, and then I'll I'll uh, piggyback on what was Nick was talking about. So to follow up on what John says, normally in automation you start with a uh, programmable logic control. The programmable logic controller is going to have an initial cost, but it's not the highest part of the cost. Mm -hmm. So some of the cost is the um, the programming, but a lot of the programming is dictated by IO points. Yeah. So one of the things you can do with, if you want smart sensors, you can get smart modules, and uh, like a mirror block. And the mirror block has this capability of using MQTT capabilities and getting those uh, diagnostic messages from the, uh, I would say, the system level mm -hmm. as opposed to just on and off. So then okay. I don't have to have the initial cost of having every sensor be in a yeah. smart sensor. It's like I can be uh, strategic in which sensors need to be um, smart. Yeah. It's like your six scanners, your lens of drives, yeah. stuff like that. You know, those all have a MQTT-esque interface that can communicate, you know, especially the new ones. I don't know what the, the lens of numbers are right now off the top of my head. Um, but they all have an interface to a MQTT system that can report back what they have, which is nice because we were, we were toiling with them with Germany um, not too long ago, you know, through work and, you know, with Lens's help. And they have an entire interface that connects all of the Lens drives together. And you can connect up your freaking MQTT that way. So all these drives are reporting, you know, mm -hmm. you set them up that way. Yeah. So it's easier. But, you know, the thing is, is now you have an upfront cost. Even your older lens address can still do the MQTT stuff. Mm -hmm. It can. It's just not as easy. But, you know, the issue that you have now is retrofit. Mm -hmm. You know, retrofit, mm -hmm. you know, and is five times more expensive than initial install. You know, initial integration and stuff like that and commissioning. Because now you're having to commission these drives and integrate them at the same exact time that you're trying to run running production. Plus, now you have to pay the cost of having to rip the stations apart, yeah. put the lens of drives in, then put the station back together again. Yeah, you know. you're on probably a time time crunch oh, when yeah. you do that. You only do so many a weekend. Right. 
give mm. you, yeah, they give you two days. They give you the weekend. Right. So like I say, even even in those scenarios, you the what you what is possible, and uh, and what's not possible. Say even if I'm trying to um, retrofit or migrate from a system, uh, what's normally a better idea instead of trying to tear out a whole system, you put in a a uh, donor system or you put in a parallel system that works with that system, and you get that you keep the existing system in place. Mm. Once I have the donor system working like it's supposed to. Then you can offline this one or offboard this one. Yeah. Uh, but that that's that's part of like some of the old technology. So it's it's not feasible for every part of technology. But if I'm trying to get to a sensor actuator level, it's not as important as replacing the drive as it is the sensors and actuators mm-hmm. that's or the sensor that's being connected. So say if I have an encoder or say if I'm getting some type of feedback to this drive or from this drive. Then I take that device and interface that device to a smart I/O module, and then just make the connection between the smart I/O module and the drive. So now I'm just pulling whatever data I can get from the drive that already exists, mm-hmm. that's already been displayed on the visualization. Yep. And then I take the information now that I get from the smart sensor, and now I can do things like um, I can do predictability. I can do uh, preventive. Yep. And then I can take these things and I can basically build a real a reliability model, heat maps, and all these type of things, which can be done in real time in a dashboard, whether we use Power BI or we use Elastic mm-hmm. or we use Elstack or whatever system we want to use to visualize that data. Yeah. I mean, at least now you're drawing that data from the you, source. Right. You're drawing it in. You know, th- that's the big thing. That's where you start dealing with, you know, consumer-based systems you know, inside an IoT environment, you know, inside of a manufacturing environment or inside your home environment, for that matter. You know, if you think about it, your consumer-based systems, you're talking about, like, inside the house is, like, Google Home, Amazon Alexa. Yeah, um, people have that. Like, your, your, your smart, your, your Samsung smart things, which that's what I got running in my rack over there in the other room. Um, you know, those are a consumer-based system. It's waiting on a action to happen before it intakes data. It spits out a response. Um, so when you're talking about, you know, in a, um, you know, manufacturing environment, you're dealing with like MQTT, MQTT is pushing to your consumer and your consumer is MQTT broker. However, on the other side of it, the main consumer of it can be an elk stack, you know, that involves Kibana, you know, that sits on top of your, um, your stuff along with like a DB and stuff like that that you're playing with. If you want to do a DB based system. Or you save it to JSON flat file and spit it into a, you know, through a Kafka instance and display it on a board if you're watching AGVs. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, it, it's all, you know, how you want to get that, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things. Because, you know, you have to have a consumer on one end that feeds, the, you, you know, a publisher to a consumer, consumer to visualization. Yeah. You know, you miss any of those things in between, it ain't going to work. Or you're not going to see your data. Right. right. But the thing is, is your data, you know, it's, it's what we used to say is, is GIGO or garbage in, garbage out. You know, whatever data you get is what it's going to give you. There's no way about it. If you program your freaking, um, uh, your topics wrong, it's not going to work. Well, it will. But it's going to tell you the wrong data the entire time. You know, and, and you, you can say it's, not, it's, it's, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, until you're 15 well points off and you don't understand what the hell happened. 
you know, because you you don't know you don't know how to you know you didn't set it up right. You might have missed something, you know, and that happens. You know, um, for example, you know our big thing is is the is Kuka Robotics. We you know the Kuka's spitting you know MQTT stuff to us all the time, and it's great because why they have a standardized MQTT package inside their controllers yeah. that says the same thing every time. It, you know, between them and some of our AGV providers are some of the most convenient operators out there because everything is identical. I'm not having to rewrite my XML file for it to spit me information. Yeah, I think you said the word um, that I was thinking of, you know, talking about smart things and IIoT and things like that is convenience. Like, it's it's not only convenient to have the switch be a smart switch, it's you know, it, it drives your decision in efficiency. So it's going, like, we talked about upfront costs. Yeah, it's, it is a little bit larger, but you're absolutely right, Ed. You don't need to buy every single one of them. You have the, you, you pick your key points and you, you measure off of those points. Um, and, and that's where you, you judge what your cost would be, but then it's, and then it should be weighed against the, the you know, the pros. Like, you, you're going to help this, this user, or you may, forego his whole entire process that he's got to do but now he is a process checker quality checker and and he's using those smart sensors and 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 the mqtt readings maybe he has a screen next to him that says hey you've got you know your fourth line right here is 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 uh sagging behind the rest of them you need to get this one right so that we can be more consistent um and 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 it's also convenience he doesn't have to do all those calculations and kind of meticulously sit there and watch what each one does and record it down because back in the day when they did the tidal waves and the almanacs and things like that there was a dude sitting on the beach just like it measured this today yeah. and kept going and that's how they did it and honestly instead of putting that person there you make the the smart switch or the whatever's measuring is is that person's recording now yeah. and those are pretty true to true to like What's, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. So the, the ideal behind Industry 4.0, the ideal behind setting up uh, IoT and these things when we're talking into a, an industrial application, the ideal is to the digital part will take care of itself. Yep. So yeah. the ideal of what we're doing, is we're not getting rid of people. Yeah. That's we're not the ideal. It. Yeah, it's augmentation. Well, what you're doing with augmentation, you're making that person the manual expert. So that is the person that's vetting your system. Yeah. And then uh, what these things do, like when you set up a unified namespace, that is your business philosophy. Mm-hmm. That there should be no mistakes because in the beginning, your business philosophy is this is what our business is. This is our goal. This is how we're going to digital transform. This is our strategy for looking ahead in the future for 20 years. Here's how, here's how we're going to get there. Here's the unified namespace. We're going to set up this unified namespace in every system that needs to pull from it, whether it be on a, on a sensor level, whether it be on the uh, basic control level, mm-hmm. SCADA, MES, all the way up the ERP system and, and on forth into like when we start talking about using AWS and Azure. Yep. for our uh, AI. I can agree with that. You know, so th- that, that, tensor th- flow and stuff like that these are the ideals behind what they're trying to do. It's not, we're not trying to make, uh, you know, uh, something to replace human beings. Yeah. We're just trying to make human beings uh, 
be effective at what they do. And we're more effective when we do things where we're creative as opposed to something that's repetitive, like catching the cookies out the end of a conveyor. Yeah. Well, think about this. You know, we've talked about this before, and, you know, if you'll hear in other episodes as well that we talked about, is your maintenance guy of the future is no longer going to be the wrench turner you know that we have today you know we've gone away from the world of let me hit that with a hammer to make sure it rings you know make sure i have the right amount of fluid in it you know we still have you know yeah there's still some use for that we still got i got the it hammer (laughs) but the thing is is we're moving more to you know what you would consider like a maintenance process engineer you know where they would monitor the process they would see what's going on they'd see their fluid levels all right there in front of them where they can start making decisions about, okay, cool, um, you know, I've got a system reporting that we might be due for maintenance soon. They can start scheduling out that downtime mm-hmm. for, you know, their other guys to go out there and do the downtime. That's why, you know, we're not taking the human out of the equation. You know, the human still needs to make the call of, okay, cool, is this warning that I have correct or not? You know, the system's telling me it's correct, but if you've ever worked with AI or big data or anything like that, you'll know it lies. Well, you, you know, have to teach it. Right. Yeah, and if it's and, but the thing is, is, is well, and the, pro- the problem is with that, you can teach it all you want. However, my thing is, if you get, like what we talked about earlier, if you get one spat of bad data from your system when you're trying to commission it and you leave the data in there, guess what? Now your entire model's off. And that's why I said yeah. when, so, when I mean when you have to teach it, yeah, it, it has to match your unified namespace. It has to match your company philosophy. So there should yeah. be processes in place to, to verify and vet, like, hey, do I have a mistake? You know. Yeah, but not, not, remember, 95% with, of your with the human stuff is, is done by hand. I, I get it, but I'm saying if you want AI to do what AI is supposed to yeah. do, it has to depend on machine learning. Right. If you want machine learning to do what it has to do, it has to depend on somebody teaching it. Right. And if you want to verify that that whole process work, you know as well as I know, somebody better vet that system yeah. some kind of way. And, you know, the thing yeah. is, is, you know, data vetting is is, is, is a whole different topic. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is, you know, like what I was saying, we don't need, we're never going to get rid of the human. You know, there is no chance out there to remove the human nope. out, of the, out of the equation. Because, you know, even though your, your AI or big data or whatever tells you that, hey, guess what, we need to do a, we need to do a PM on this to now. Mm, maybe not. We can wait till Saturday. Yeah. You know, we can wait till Saturday till we get through the production week. Then we'll stop the line and we'll do it that way. And so we can schedule out our PMs correctly. Yeah. Then, as you do that, your system will learn what your what your PM schedule is. You know, and get you kind of more or less on an even yeah. even rope. You know, but the thing is, is you still have to have somebody out there doing it for you. Yeah. You know, but also then you have the guys on the floor giving you data points. Okay, cool. When I was doing this PM, I noticed that. You know, I was a half a quart low on some oil in, in, in this cylinder. And one thing I noticed that I don't need to re-lube this, you know, lube point, you know, right now because of, the, of, the, of, the, of what we're running. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let me put that into my system real quick, spit that into the model real quick, and then it'll adjust based on volume. Yeah. Because the thing is, you know, like well tips, for instance, can be used for what? One shift and that have to be replaced? Sometimes two, not, not or half a shift. shift. It can be used for so many welds. Yeah, so many welds. Well, you know, yeah. the th- but it, you know, but yeah. that really depends on your volume. Um, you and, know, and also, so, some of that depends on like the the, 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 the material. Getting, and stuff cra- like that. Yeah, yeah. That, without getting crazy, there's a lot of factors. Yeah, but roughly, roughly, it yeah. could be a shift. See, I, I usually do you know MIG and TIG. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, manual welding. You know, the thing is, is, you know, robot welding is a little cooler. Um, however, you still have to worry about tip usage if you're dealing with, like, a laser bot, stuff like that. You know, how do you, when do you change those things out? You, know, you let the system tell you that, okay, cool, you're due for a, you know, a, a, a change here. Or you're due to, you know, up the gas a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, to get a little bit more pressure behind it because I see you falling off when we're doing this many parts per hour. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is, you know, that's the greatest part about using sensors to overcome issues. You know, it's like, it's, you know, it's just to deviate from manufacturing a little bit because we can talk about, you know, throwing sensors into the mix, you know, all day long because we like to do that thing and, you know, we like to yeah. find our problems. I'm going to be honest, more um, sensors are better. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes more sensors equal a bigger pain in the butt. Yeah, that's true. You know, me and Ed have learned that the hard way. Yeah. Quite a few times where it's like, mm, this don't work this way. Let's, let's stop. Well, <laughs> I, I think that the big thing is like, for example, we was talking to down the whole data with yeah. the oil companies. The, the thing is, is when I say you have to have a company philosophy, like the oil companies 20 years ago decided, hey, it'd be, we need to know all of these parameters and all these things that affect when we drill down these, uh, when we do this, you know, down the whole data. Well, they got 20 years of data to use. Mm-hmm. So now they know what to do mm-hmm. over the next 20 years because they, for 20 years, they've been collecting data. Right. That's that's the point of a smart sensor. Yeah. It's not that, oh, it's smart and it's wonderful. It's, it's that, hey, I can get data from this. It's not just, it's, it's most sensors in nature are analog. Mm-hmm. They they can perform digitally, but in nature they're analog. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. just taking an analog digital converter and making it digital, where right. it says one and zero, but it's not truly a one and a zero. So that that's the other thing. You can take all of these anomalies you see. Hey, I got I got noise in the system. Mm-hmm. Hey, I had a blip in the power. You can get these and see what time of day that happened. Right. You can get these and see what what equipment was running. <clears throat> what what. Mm-hmm. What variant was running? All these things could be obtained. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, on that point, you could see what you need to do to recover. Like, but now <laughs> it's you like, get... hey, this is like if it failed that way before, we know what to do next right. time as yeah. well. So, and the and if you you know, assisted mm-hmm. learning or a machine learning, you teach machine, hey, you get a power outage, um, like let's say a hurricane <laughs> came through and you lose power, you get power back, you lose power, you get power back and it's flickering. Uh, instead of like trying to fully power that machine back on once it receives power again, give it a standby mode. Hey, yep. I'm going to stand by for five minutes, ten minutes to verify that it's not a power surge. Right. Um, cool down time and things like that. Warm up time right. could be part of that as well. Yeah. So. And just like Windows, when Windows say, hey, I'm going to grab a... The, whether it's a page file or whatever you grabbing when mm-hmm. you're doing a power down. Yeah. It grabs, hey, I need a snapshot. I need a snapshot so I got a recovery point. Mm-hmm. Now you can do that with your system. Your system can have a snapshot and say, hey, I know I can get back to at least at this point. And to, to, John, to John's point, uh, I can do a control shutdown. Yep. Yeah. And then I can, can do a control startup. Yep, induced shutdown and, do, and you know, I'm restart, yeah. You know, that's when you, especially when you start dealing with, like, ovens and stuff like that, and you start dealing yeah. with, you know, stuff that requires, like, proc sensors, you know, whatnot, grippers, um, you know, so you're not getting a gripper that, you know, goes completely, you know, messed up, you know, instead of when it's supposed to be closing, it's opening, and when it's supposed to be clo- opening, it's closing, you know, you don't yeah. want to do that, you know, just in case of an oops. Now, one thing I, they have done in the industry, they've made anything that has something out on the end of a, 
uh, or end arm tooling mm -hmm. fails in a safe way, so it locks. Yeah. So the the, the fail mode, the failure mode is to lock. Mm -hmm. So that they have initiated that, and they've used actual uh, physical things to ensure that that happens. So that that's that's one thing that they have done. So mm -hmm. that's that's a good thing in the industry, especially with robotics and end arm tooling. Um, and then like elevators, it's the same way. They yeah. they lock. You yeah, know, because you don't want something. Fall, yeah, it, yeah, it physically locks and pays. Yeah, so a, so yeah. that's that's good. So you can use that same concept. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, but but to get back on to our topic, we was originally not originally talking about, but we kind of touched on the, the 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 brilliant thing about the IoT. In, as opposed to IIoT, is that now I can I can have a smartwatch, mm -hmm. and the smartwatch can I can get messages. I can use the smartwatch to you know check my pulse and you know give me what my pulse is. I can even check the smartwatch you know to say hey, uh, um, I can check the pressure around me or whatever. I can use that watch to my advantage. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a part of me as opposed to it's just a piece of another wearable. Uh, tech, piece of technology. Yeah. So that technology can actually be incorporated. Not saying we become cyborgs, but you know, maybe we get some of the benefits of being a cyborg without being a cyborg. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being a cyborg. Hmm. Call me uh, what is it, Billion Dollar Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make me faster. <laughs> but no, no. But, Steve Austin. But, I mean, we get to that. It'll it'll get to that point. That's yeah. a scary future, and a lot of people. I mean, we we you guys were talking about it a while ago. The the kitchen of the future. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. honestly. Uh, yeah, it's almost it, like, time for seven, it's kitchens to turn pink, huh? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, no, I don't want that. <laughs> it, was like, it was like what five, five six years ago when Samsung started doing a lot of their smart things, um, and. I've sold a whole kitchen package that connects to Wi-Fi, and people can drive home while they're driving home, mm -hmm. preheat their oven, check what they have in the fridge to make sure they got the right ingredients, so they make sure they can stop on the way home, or they can set it up to where the tea, the the um, fridge is like, there's no milk in here, order milk on Amazon Fresh, and it sends to your house. Someone drops it off, like it really can get to where everything is. Not not just a I see tool, but an extension that. of you. Mm. Saves me from having to go to the store and deal with people. You know, it, it, it really is cool. Not cheap. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I want to. Not cheap. You know, but and the thing about it is, if you think about it, you start dealing with when you start dealing with IoT, IoT, and you know the equipment that makes up those those realms. You start then you start dealing with RFID, NFC, you know that type of stuff. Where like for example, if you know they start embedding like RFID tags into like clothing chips most of the time they do when you purchase clothing yeah you know now you can you, the thing is if you know how those rfid tags are written you can check to see if you, when you scan them you can scan them into a system that tells you what part of that store was shopped on the most you know but just by using rfid technology it'll tell you what your what, what your heat map is mm -hmm. you know cool i knew i sold this many shirts of this type and i knew it was down this one wall yeah okay so how do i make sure they shop they shop on the other wall I got four walls and the only one's being used. Now I got to figure out what I'm doing on this wall to make that other wall the same. You know, is it the manufacturer? You know, is it one manufacturer being sold more than the other ones? If it is, now I know I need to go kick the other manufacturers real quick because I want the I want them to freaking fill those spots because yeah. they're selling better. 
I'm making more of a profit. You don't want selling. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, hey, look, I walked into a store, and now I can use your NFC to ping you uh, uh, sales. You know, using the, uh, at one point, it was using BLE or BLE Plus for the, for the Bluetooth stuff mm-hmm. and was using the pucks from uh, Google. You know, they, they would, you know, they'd put them in stores and hide them places, and as soon as you walk in, thank you for visiting. And then they'd give you the, you know, your store number and your, you know, your, your randomness. Now, if you have an app on your phone, like what I use on the Best Buy, at, at, at Home Depot, yeah. mostly, and Lowe's, as soon as you walk in that store, you've now entered store mode. You know, cool. Do me a favor. You're going to do that to my phone. Please push the cart for me. Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's really impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really impressive, too. Give me a personal you, shopper. I bet you they got to the point where... Because, like, when, when I was at Best Buy, their app, now, it's not the greatest app, don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it, it's pretty it's, terrible. It's, it's kind of bad, but, like, you, it, they incorporated a very smart feature. And it's the QR scanning, the QR code scanning, and the barcode yeah. scanning. And they have no, digital tags. Now everybody has it. Like, so that was something at the store is, I remember before, before I came to IT, the TC52 scanners... That was what they used in the warehouse. They used that everywhere. That's the, That was like industry standard for those things. And that was, Still uh, is. Those look are the things that you would use. Yeah, exactly. Those are the things that you would use, and they would scan and find their own inventory. And you would, But you would need an employee to do that. So when, when I worked at Best Buy, I didn't need one of those. I just needed my phone and the Best Buy app. Or even just the Best Buy website, where you, but you got to allow your camera. Mm-hmm. And you would scan it, tell you the deal, and, it, and you can pull that serial number, model number... And then Google it right on the same device, and Best Buy would match it. So it's like everything that you needed right. was right in the palm of your hands. So I, you're you're using it before you even realize you're using it. And you know, and now the thing is, we start talking about like, you know, the digital asset tax that yeah. you know. Um, I know Best Buy has them. Yeah, they start. In the- I know that you know warehousing some some warehouse has them. You know, I know we've looked at them in some of our areas. Um, however, so what it is, is pretty much as you check out of that area, it uses the RFID tag built into your device that you're buying and scans it out of their inventory. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That tag is updating the entire time saying how many they have left in inventory. So then it finally goes sold out, you know, Mm -hmm. and the thing is it knows that when that rack is empty before the rack knows it's empty. And it, and it even does like... Like you think about the industry and, and like just in time like yeah just part, in time just in yeah, sequence exactly so like if 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 you're doing the Apple standard what Apple does and in, in, in the minimalist look is like we only got one on the shelf you better get yours now I got forty in the back though you buy the one on the shelf I just put one back on one on one in its place and now it looks like it's you know it's the last one again and it's same same old same old rig and roll that's that's how apple made a lot of their money to be honest with you but you know if you think about it now they're starting to make those type of like the, the hooks you know the hooks yeah. they got in the stores they're making those where they're weighted so yeah. it's a sensor it's a proc sensor in it mm-hmm. that as it knows the weight of the clothing or yeah. the device or mm-hmm. whatever the heck mm-hmm. is hanging on it to be honest with you so as it, it knows how many each one weighs so as it releases that proc sensor it know it can it, it is a, it is an auto count on the, the on the hanger, yeah. it tells you how many is there. Yeah, and, and it uses that's the great, and all until you until the proc sensor breaks, and now it's like cool. You have three hundred of them in stock, and no one orders anything. Yeah, and you and you you have an you know an angry mom sitting there going, well, well you didn't have my doll. But that's you know that's, that's where we was talking about. Not at Christmas too. We was talking about right, the, uh, 
The, With Toys R uh, Us coming back, too. Yeah. The uh, unified namespace and those things, that's where your organization, your business philosophy, digital transformation, that's what that means. Yeah. You, you should be planning for those type of things. So what I mean by that is some, if you make a system where you're solely going to solely going to rely on a wizard, whatever that wizard is, and you do not have something to verify what's behind the curtain, do not get upset with the results. You did it to yourself. You have to yeah. put things in place. You have to put standards in place. You have to use NIST or whatever standard, ISO. You have to have things in place. Failovers, fallbacks, yeah. all those type of things. If this Manual happens, overrides. and then a human needs to go and verify at some point the inventory of that store. Right. If it, if it looks too good to be true, guess yeah. what? Not guess what it is. I mean, once a it's year, twice a year, whatever. Someone has yeah. to physically. They're, more, they're probably doing make it a count. A year. I'm gonna be honest, because because that was what. If I don't have to ever do another inventory, it'd be too soon. I it it was not fun to do, but but that number that shrink difference. Like, that dictated your next year. If my shrink was higher than a, like, a negative 0.6% or 1.6%, you're a target store. And now you have to do sensor sweeps. You have to, um, uh, there's, like, not just, not trivia per se, but, like, it's, you get quizzed on what were your hot spots. Like, what was getting stole the most or what is missing the most of and you, you do the, the procedures like, are you ringing people out the right way? Are you giving them free stuff? Are you scanning everything properly? And it, it really brings your store back to like stage one mm-hmm. when you realize that they can't handle their assets. And it's asset tracking, basic asset tracking. And if you else. make it to where it's more live tracking instead of waiting till September in the count and it's like, oh, I got a 6% loss. You, you, you don't want that. You, if you're like, oh, man, I'm nearing that 1%, I better start doing some policy changes now. Yeah. It, it lets you be the pro, more well, proactive. And the thing is, it's like if you start, and I know we're going over time again. You know, 30 minutes is, you know, for us, it's sometimes kind of hard. We all like to run our freaking mouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is, you know, I go back to, you know, since I'm a, you know, criminal justice major, you know, I, I look at I look at things you know, mostly at the Homeland Security level too, is how can I prevent thievery? You know, how can I prevent things? How can I get a better number on my hands, you know, that I'm looking for, right? You know, it's like, if I can be proactive, you know, in knowing what is like, what John was saying was going on. But the thing is like, if I have sensors in things, I can see that number change. I can see my MES system telling me, you know, or my SAP system or my logistics system that I'm, that, that you have telling you kind of what your, your movements are and, but then you have a sensor that's reporting on the floor saying, "I don't agree with this. Go take a look." You know, it, it gives you that second that, that second that second eye verification. It's like, okay, cool, I agree with you. You know, now I get to go find out what's going on to get things back to sync. Maybe the sensor's screwed. You know, you got to go replace the sensor, or you got to go do something else. You know, it kind of knows. You know, maybe somebody put two. Maybe you had the sensor calibrated for six shirts or six it, things, and somebody put seven on there because you had an extra delivery in in a box. You just didn't recalibrate. You know, it's that type of stuff that could throw your stuff off, but it's also stuff that needs to report back to each other and tell you kind of what's going on. Yeah, think about your 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 mobile phone stores. Yeah. They got smart sensors on every phone on display, 100% guarantee you, and it will yell at you 
Yeah. You disconnect it. It will. It. They got alarms and everything like that. And I bet you that show model doesn't even work. Yep. <laughs> but but they they do it for a reason. They they do it for visibility and they do it so that you can get you know you can see the item. But those sensors are protecting you. Yeah. So. But the thing is, it's like you know the other thing is it's like why can't you do it like a pair of shoes? You know that pair of shoes is sitting in a box. Yeah. You know how much those shoes weigh. You know what you know what rack they're gonna go on. Yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, some shoe stores, which some of them, you know, they're a little rough. You know, go to pay less. Um, you know, and they're all kind of thrown around there. However, but like if you had them set up in a, like in a racking system and stuff like that, you know the weight of each shoe. Yeah. You know the rack, you know, you know the weight of these things. You know what they're supposed to be. Right. It's like you look at um, um, Foot Locker. You have your shoes on the on the other thing on the side, and you have to tell the dude to go back in there and grab or do or do that and go back there and There's grab your shoes for you. No shoes on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is back there you can have a rack that tells you, okay, cool, this is the weight of these shoes. I know how many I got left. And as you scan them out of inventory, it t- it auto calculates your sh- your sizes. I can tell you that you have available that they don't have that, but they should, because that sounds like the greatest idea. Because like that's that's so you know, why, why, why can't I have a screen on my floor near my shoes a small little LCD panel, a mini LCD panel that tells me what shoe sizes I have in stock so I don't have to bug the dude that's trying times. to do a job, you know, fifteen thousand times to give me a pair of shoes that fit. And they're gonna bring you the wrong color. Yeah, and the, the, sorry, <laughs> I wear big shoes. So me asking somebody, hey, can you go do this? That's a trip. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good idea, though. You that's can a put, trip. Put a, little, put a little extra rate on the bottom. Yeah. It's like, hey, if we got a special order of these, it's right here, and we get you this. We got this many in our global stock. Right, exactly. Uh, that we can send to you or, or send to your house or, or yeah. send to the shop or something like that. Yep. I think that... Basics of inventory management. Yeah. It's the same it, thing in MES systems for. It would, it would change... We'll get into that later. It would change whole business's profit model. Profit line. Oh, yeah. I, I think when you're talking, yeah. talking about loss of loss of uh, sales or loss of property, or, I think some of that stuff can be. Some people like to put things in cases. I, I think that's that's nice if you just want people to look at it. But I think you should have a vending system. Yeah. And that vending system is okay. My expensive stuff is in this vending system. When you pay for it, you can get what you vend out of it. Yeah. Well, it's like we were talking. Yeah. You know, and then I don't have to worry about you taking something because it's. Is behind the me, me and a couple of friends were talking about this the other day. It's like, you know, you saw these typical shoe stores and stuff like that. Why can't I make an entire shoe store a vending machine? Now, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's the thing. It's but like, the thing the is, is, you know, everybody goes, well, how do I try them on? Hit the button and say try. You know, they drop out, you try them on. However, I know that those those things have not been paid for, but I got a picture of you on my camera. Yeah, I know who you are. And the thing is, is before I'll let you try something, you need to swipe your debit card. So if I don't have those put back in my system where I can read them with RFID tech, I charge you for them. Yeah, and I go one better. Mm-hmm. We we've got all kind of systems that can scan. We got all kind of type of layers. They put their foot on a place. Yeah. It scans the foot. It takes all the measurement of the shoe, and just like a tailor, you can call it foot tailoring. Oh, you and know, then you don't have to try nothing on. Yep. It spits out I mean, exactly. You're still gonna want to try it on, but. Make sure it looks good. But yeah, I mean, because most of the time it's not about how it fits; it's the fashion, right? 99.9% of the time. That's the wrong, wrong even to the That's point why we're work boots. <laughs> exactly. Even to the point we talk about a sensor failing. That's where when we start talking about using smart I.O., we start talking about smart sensors, we put in Tattletale logic. Yep. And Tattletale logic says, hey, uh, I made a boo-boo, and you know. I don't have to guess. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get past one. 
Yeah. No, I don't let no, none. You know, not even three. I'm not gonna get the three hundred. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, I mean, it's it's got a lot of potential to it. It would revolutionize like some stores that are like saying like we've got a closed location. <coughs> we're not doing well here. Or that like it 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 would yes. It would scare some employees thinking that their their job is getting like they're being watched. Yeah, but the thing is, is is you know you're, you're already you're, on you're, camera. I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> and, and that's where your your loss prevention guys are not working with your your tech departments to figure out what is going on. 100%. However, and then you know they're not working with your law with your logistics guys because your logistics guys can't tell you what the heck's on the truck. Hundred percent. Worked in some of those stores. You don't know what the heck is showing up tomorrow. Nope. This is gonna show up like hmm. Half great. In one box, half <laughs> in the other box. You know, I didn't, maybe, I didn't need not. half of that, but sure, just drop it off anyways. Mm-hmm. But if you have the ability to scan all that in, now you have an accurate inventory. Most places do. However, you know, when you scan them in, when you get them off the truck, most of the time, you know. But the thing is, you start dealing with the fact that, like you said, the stores are closing and they don't know what the hell they got. Yeah. Because they don't know where it's going. Oh, cool, I, I sold 15 pair of Jordans. Okay. Oh, How did you do that when you only had 13 of them? Oh, Oops. Yeah, th- that was a big problem. <laughs> big problem when I was working was was they're like, your online store says you've got three. I was like, well, that online store doesn't update, but once a week on Mondays, it's Thursday. We sold all of them on Monday. Yeah, I don't whoops. know what to tell you. So that like even on that scale, why is there not a tracker that's 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 counting off of your barcode scans, and you know communicating to a central database. Why don't you have all your stores connecting, communicating to one database? Not saying that it relies on that database, but like, yeah, that's da- that that's your data that shows you what's going on. And if you're not if you're not working and learning from it, then you're you're doomed to repeat your failures. Well, like I said, I I think brick and mortars are probably going to be a thing of the past yeah. in the next twenty years anyway. So, a lot of these things we're talking about is just uh, probably um, long making it uh giving a little bit longevity but i think uh eventually yeah Amazon, no yeah, one it, store can have every item that, they, that i mean need, it's so. going to be e-commerce i mean but, why, you know, why, but, why would i go to a store when i can take a picture of a shoe or yeah whatever and you know i i prefer shopping mom and pop shops you know and i think that you know for me you know being an it guy if i can dedicate time energy to support those mom and pop shops i don't care where in the globe they're at you know if you if you can you know if you can help yeah. support those mom and pop shops i'm going to do that over going to go shop at amazon or or freaking walmart yeah. you know if i can help it you know I, I honestly think that you know i hate you know and i'll say this flat out i think amazon and walmart are the two of the worst things that ever happened you know globally when it comes out of e-com when it comes out of commerce but you know because yeah, the but, convenience is great i get that however yeah. their their ability to put out you know and the way that they're using technology to their other benefit, I get it. However, but their ability to put out small mom and pop shops in the area, because they go in there and they do market research on them and freaking steal their product. Yeah, sure. You know, you don't, you know, don't, don't, if you're going to do that, don't be a prick about it. You know, because now you got people, you know, in, you know, my line of work that are IT guys that have no problem trying to, you know, reinforcing the mom and pop shops to make a valid point. Yeah. yeah, but the problem is, is you now you're a different generation. Well, now you got kids. Wal- kids now don't care nothing about. Well, now it. you got Walmart. They can't even keep up with Amazon. Anymore. Now I'm just saying, like Walmart the problem is, is you you're you're thinking like now, twenty years from now, no one will care about that because everybody cares about convenience. It's just like people quit cooking and going to McDonald's. Yeah, 
because it, it became. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying where we're headed. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying for that's, the grab is what we're doing. That's for that's just where we're headed. And we're, and we're in, inherently lazy in those. Yeah. It's just gonna get like each yeah. generation is gonna want more, more, and more convenience, or gonna get used to more and more convenience. Not to say that's right, not to say that's wrong, but I'm I'm with you. It's always better to support somebody in your community. Yeah. That's you know doing doing things in the community, and not just doing a money grab. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I I just in my opinion I just think that the way things are going, it's going to be hard for brick and mortars to, yeah, to survive. It will be. But, you know, the good thing is, is, you know, hopefully with a little bit, you know, IOT and IOT freaking thrown in there, you know, they might be able to, you know, keep a, keep their heads above you water really, for, for, as long, so for as yeah. long as they can. Yeah. Because the thing is, even if mom and pop shops go digital, you know, using IOT and stuff like that and still have a brick and mortar location, now you're servicing not just the newer, the newer generation coming up, you're servicing the older generation. Because yeah. if you think about it, do me a favor, go on Walmart website, find one thing in a freaking store up the road from here, and I guarantee you it ain't there. No. Um, or you have to order it from somebody else. It's probably coming from Alibaba. You know, look at Walmart. Look at look at Amazon. You know, cool, it's in stock. It'll be here in like 14, 18 days. Mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time, I know where that's coming from. Thank you. Well, that's why things not built in the U.S. Yeah. Like I said, like, yeah. we, we said the same thing about companies coming back to the U.S. Yeah, there are a few, yeah. but it's hard to compete with Amazon, like it's not happening. Yeah, I, I I can I can right now go on Amazon and almost anything you can think of, I can get free shipping. But almost yeah. anything. You know the thing is in the world of IoT and stuff like that. You know Amazon, yeah, they're a heavy hitter. You know, uh, but, they, but the good thing we is, know why though. Yeah, but the good thing is is Amazon also provides the the backbone for these mom and pop shops to have IoT in their shops stuff like that they provide that backbone as aws and if you're a a new business you get ta- you get credits from to be able to build your infrastructure you know they give that away to you for free you and know they, sh- they should use that and the thing is is they also let you sell things on their platform so now you're still benefiting that mom and pop shop and still selling on amazon amazon doesn't take that bit of a cut believe me you know but you know the thing is it's still better than walmart anything amazon does is still better than walmart um we know that from a fact so, but the thing is, is, you know, we need to be able to support those companies, get to that Amazon point where they can work with Amazon, have their own infrastructure and keep their net, keep their, their you know, flow. You know, we, want to, we don't want to see 50 year old companies just disappearing, you know, or hundred year old companies that have been around for decades, just, you know, up and disappearing, you know, it's, it's like the, it's like the mom and pop shops who are, you know, out there making food. You don't want to see them go away. Bro, I'm telling you it's coming. Yeah. Well, we're going to start seeing fast food go away too. Well, you know, it's going to become vending. Well, that's the problem. Um, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm not saying yeah, any of it's right. Bad, I'm not. Yeah. Ta- I'm, I'm not arguing with you that is what's right and wrong. I'm just telling you what the logistics of what's coming. Well, we we can wish and hope all day, but the logistics of what's coming is coming. We can't we can't stop what people. If the masses want this, the few that don't want it, we can fight. But at some point. It is what it is. That's why Amazon is where it is now. And Galileo over that's, here. That's why Walmart, yeah, had, yeah, when Walmart, when Walmart <laughs> was the first thing that started to go in these small towns and start shutting down these mom and pop places. Mm-hmm. And they haven't recovered. Yeah. Yeah, we got people that are doing things and we they should, everything you're saying, people should do. People should fight till they can't fight no more. But I'm just saying, it's hard when mm-hmm. the thing that's in motion is so giant. 
Yeah. Sometimes it can, you know. Yeah, but they, but they can they can still they can, they can still coincide. You know, it's just you know use their platform to benefit your platform and keep your mom and pop shop open because you may have stuff they don't have. And you, they should do that. Like I said, you know, uh, if you can if you can keep the mom and pop shop shop open for another hundred years because you got you had a niche product that you can sell on Amazon and you can sell on eBay, you can sell on you know your own store. Be my guest and do it. And the thing is, you know, we're more than happy to help you get to that point. You know, and with, with that, you know, it's, you know, we want to see more people do the IOT thing. Yeah. You know, the IOT, IOT. Um, connected. You know, and then eventually yeah. we'll get into some some talking about some MES systems, you know, manufacturing execution systems. You know, we may do that next week, but uh, we'll see. Um, so, but, you know, with that, we've kind of went a little over. We're at about 47 minutes and some change. Oh, wow. So, you know, I, I thank you. Um, you know, thank everybody for listening. You know, we really hope you all enjoy it. So, you know, from my side, you know, thank you. And uh, we'll see you again. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you, uh, guys. Appreciate it. Um, always, always thankful for uh, listeners. But if you've got anything for us you want to hear us chat about as well, you have something that you heard and you're curious on, just let us know. So, thanks again, guys. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.